Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. How are we doing Dave? Yeah, not bad. We realise that uh, when we do the Tuesday tune-in over on Facebook, um, which we've been doing during lockdown... We had some comments and requests around, um, you know, not everyone's on Facebook, but people still wanted to hear about the content. There's been some great stuff. We've yeah. talked about bags. We've talked about battle of the treks. We talked about trekking boots, mindset, fitness, loads of stuff. And we thought to ourselves, well, why don't we turn these into podcasts? Because like you said, Dave, they're, they're sitting down listening for an hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is a great format. You can do it on the go, put it in your car, listen to it. It's a bit interactive, so you're going to have seen us answer questions and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, but if you're listening to this, obviously, yeah. um, and you have any questions about any of the things you hear, uh, podcast at evertrack.co.uk. Awesome, Dave. Yeah, enjoy the episode, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, all the best. Last week, uh, I think it was on Thursday, we um, announced we were doing another one of our competitions. Um, this one is to Kilimanjaro, so definitely get yourself... Uh, registered. Um, I think we're up to about almost 8,000 entries already, which is yep. amazing. Um, so yeah, definitely um, jump in there. I know a lot, if you've been around the Evertrekker community for any length of time, uh, we do like to run um, some free competitions. Um, you know, and it's been a bit of a, one of our kind of, well, we started doing them probably about five, six years ago, but they're still amazing. There's always a lot of positivity mm-hmm. around it, obviously, because it's a free trip, right? <laughs> um, and, and Killy is amazing. It's such a great trip. Um, it's tough, uh, but it's certainly one that, you know, although we did, uh, what was it, the first time back in 2020. It's February 2020. February 2020, right before COVID. Um, I took hand sanitizer that probably cost me five pounds to the main tin. <laughs> I was giving it away like it was free, not realizing nice. that the price had skyrocketed. I probably gave away a hundred pounds worth. Anyway, water under the bridge, COVID. But uh, no, yeah, Achilles awesome. It's great yeah. to give people a chance to go and do it. Yeah. I, mean, I remember when the competitions, we used to do it and it was literally just an idea to sort of give back and you know there are so many winners that have said that you know they would never have gone otherwise you know and it's changed of course of their like lives and their adventurers they do so much more than they perhaps would have done so for me it's about it's it's about the follow-up we're lucky enough to do a trip with a couple of winners as well so it's always um it's always good i mean i mean you i mean yeah yeah so we've done it with uh every space camp darren Darren and kate and kate uh ramsey two winners that um yeah got to see and they both said like uh, straight up that they they probably never would have done it had they not won and then when i caught up with them afterwards and we were speaking and just the benefits and stuff it just reinforced to me that yeah they're integral yeah so important no it's fantastic isn't it and uh, yeah thanks to everyone for, for joining that um yeah the link is there i just brought it up on screen um who else we got there we got jim hey jim i hope all is well um, we've got Andrea as well, mostly all Evertrekkers on here. And today, sorry, Stuart as well, uh, off to Nomad Health this afternoon in London. Great stuff. I hope it goes well, Stuart. Yeah. Um, so today, then, we wanted to focus on a little bit of around tech. Um, we know that, you know, this day and age, there's a lot of tech out there for uh, many different things, especially the outdoors, you know. I mean, even between us now, Dave, we've got power banks, Garmin's and laptops and yeah. phones with Strava and all those different apps as well that comes with yeah. it. So we're going to talk about the equipment. We're also going to talk a little bit about some apps that we use as well. And then, you know, some of these things might be kind of regular, might be regulars on some of these um, things, different apps. But it's always good just to kind of have a refresh. You might not know about certain things. And um, yeah, we thought we'd 
take the opportunity to discuss it. But majority of it today is going to be focused around some of the hardware that you might want to take on yeah. a trip. And this is awesome. You might want to leave. Oh, yeah, exactly. Especially when you know yeah. you're, you're trying to maybe cut down on some of the um, some of the bits in your baggage. You might want to leave a few bits behind. That being said, you know there are some bits that will make life a little bit easier for you on the track. Yeah. Um, so before we we discuss that today. Yeah, hundred percent. Where do you want to start, Dave? Because I mean, with, with tech, um, just to give it a little bit of an intro, you don't really need a lot of it, right? But I know, you know, for instance, I, I think we had a, a question, which I think is from uh, Pratesh as well. Hey, Pratesh, I hope all is well. Around kind of charging at tea houses yeah, and things yeah. like that. Well, we will go into that a bit more. But there's other ways that you can obviously save that through taking things like power banks. Right? Power banks, yeah. Which is, although it seems quite basic and more than normal now, there's a lot of different power banks. It's um, it's been a game changer. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, like, tech for me is like, yeah, we're living in like the modern age where we want to sort of record the things that we do, you know? Um, One, you know, people record everything on Strava. If if it's not on Strava, it didn't happen is the old adage. Um, So you want kind of proof of your achievements. But also, you know, it's good for training, you know, for monitoring your progress. And then when you're out there, like, I do love the idea of like the digital detox. You go out there, you just experience it just for you. But you can have those moments and still record the journey as a whole. Absolutely. You know, there are some days when I'm out there and, you know, I, you know, I'll see a snow leopard. Instead of taking a picture, I'll say, that's just for me, that one. That's a little moment I'm sharing. Points if you can get the movie. If you can get the movie, that's off. Yeah. That's very niche. Yeah, it's very niche. I'd like to see if anyone could get that. Yeah, no, let's, let's see who gets it. Um, but yeah, but then there are, you know, that doesn't mean I don't want to charge my phone. I don't want to charge my headphones, yeah. little things that make the, the difficult journey that little bit easier. And, yeah. um, you know, certainly, you know, having worries about can I power my phone? Yeah. I want to reconnect. You know, some people are leaving their families behind to go and do it. So it's not as simple as saying, see you in three weeks, love, I'm off. Um, so, yeah, 100% power banks um, will start there, the most obvious bit of tech. Um, and it also answers Patesh's uh, question. I always bring power banks. It's a good question. Me. I know. I was just just about, it was around power banks, wasn't it? It's a, good, it's a great question. These okay. these are the ones that um, I pretty much use all the time. These are anchor power banks. They have large capacity. I think they're twenty six thousand eight hundred amp hours. Be careful how you say that. Brand as well. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. yeah I, 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 on one of them, someone did like scratch a W oh, in wow. front of mine, so that was nice. Um, but yeah, wow. no, these are brilliant. And one of these as well will charge my phone for almost a week. Um, yeah. You know, like they're really, really good. So I'll probably yeah. bring two on most trips with me. They do weigh a bit, you know, that's about at least a kilo. <coughs> but at the same, perhaps even heavier than a kilo, maybe about a kilo. But in your pocket. it's invaluable. And <coughs> they do fit in your pocket. You can just put that in your pocket. Yeah. It doesn't get included in any, um, you know, uh, flight weight allowance. Yeah. But it is super good because. You know, I can charge my phone, I can charge my camera, I can charge my yeah. headphones, I can charge my watch. Anything that I want to do to do all of those things that I discuss, like record your journey, you know, map your training, um, you know, keeping my headphones. Um, it's capturing the memories as well, isn't it? Like, yeah. Especially if you've got GoPros and, uh, you know, some people take 3D cameras now, you know, you've got those um, uh, 3D ones. Um, you know, if you've got a lot of camera equipment that you want to charge batteries, yeah. Um, you know, some do charge from anchors, not all of them, because it depends what level of camera you've got. But you know, a lot of time, you're right. You and you hit on a good point there, which is that it's nice to have that kind of time away from you know the crazy world of social media and everything. Yeah. And I'm saying this whilst we're actually on social media, <laughs> which is ironic. <laughs> yeah. But you know, we 
it is nice to switch off, but it, it also is good to have the option, as you've always said. Yeah. Especially when you, you, you're trying to charge different things, you're trying to capture the memories when you get back and move it back on, because time moves so quickly, doesn't it? And I think, you know, it's great to, to have social media, the, the old Facebook memories to remind you, but actually it's good to have your own stuff as well. Yeah, no. And it pops up every now and again in your, um, in your G drive or whatever you store your photos. And it is the option as well. Mm. Like, you don't have to go all the way to the Himalaya or the summit of Kili to kind of have a situation. <coughs> you can yeah. do it today. But when you do go to somewhere that might be a one Not now, though. You've got to stay on it until at least it's one Thursday. Yeah, make, <laughs> make, make sure you're charged. Um, but yeah, but having the option is, is yeah. what I'm all about. You know, I can always turn my phone off. You can always just have a day where you're just going to track and not take too many pictures. Yeah. But I always like the option. And I like being able to kind of stay connected. I do. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot going on. Or, you know that I want to kind of like keep abreast of but that doesn't mean that there are days where I don't like enjoy it yeah. but it's not forced I don't like it when I'm for like when you arrive at a place and I'm like ah, no phone signal no nowhere to charge my phone I start to get a little bit angsty about it <laughs> yeah. you know and I know everyone will be like oh you're supposed to be an adventurer why didn't you love that and I'm like yeah, and I'm like because I like because I like the choice yeah, you know I, like good anywhere that I go I can turn into that environment at the push of a button yeah you know I don't need the world to force it upon me. So having so having things like power banks and things like that, they just help you do those things that kind of keep you uh, keep you happy. Especially as as they do power a lot of different things. Like I know I talked about uh, you know, the classics, you know, the GoPros, the cameras. Yeah. But talking about you know if you if you're doing Killy and you're going through night, you can charge your head torch. Um, obviously, a lot of head torches out there, <clears throat> and that is some tech that I'd say that whatever trek you're going on. I take a head torch. Um, mm -hmm. You never know when you'll need it. It might be that there might be some um, awesome, really starry night, and you want to go and take some nighttime photography. You know, you're walking around in the dark, need your head torch. You might want to climb uh, and summit Kalapatar on the EVC trip. Mm -hmm. You need your head torch. Obviously, if you're going on any of our peak trips, then definitely you'd be starting either early or really late, depending on what day it is. Yeah. Because sometimes it's that early that you're the day before, especially on somewhere like Kili. Um, or Aconcagua, you know, you're literally uh, hiking through the night, so you need your, you need your head torch. Um, and also, it's really good tech as well with someone to give us a coffee at this. Wow, I didn't I feel like I've got too many drinks. I didn't get one. Hello, Hello. <laughs> I didn't want one. Wow, that's service, isn't it? There's also, also, also pennies at the door as well. Oh, penny, I know, she, she's got a more. Um, but yeah, where was I? Head torch, head torch. And, and it's an important piece of kit, yeah. Um, you know, and if chat to any, any mountain guide and you know maybe we've got some mountain guides on the on the chat today is that they'll always say whatever hike you're going on you never plan to be in the dark but actually you might need it especially if you're hiking through the winter 100 you know, there's not many day not much daylight hours so if you're going on a trek that's kind of earlier in the year say if you're going in like in march or february um you know where the you know it, it gets dark early yeah. You're going to need a head torch, especially if you're out there training for these tracks. Doesn't take much. No. You could no. twist an ankle, yeah. still be able to walk, but just much slower. Next thing you know, it's take you three hours longer to get back than you thought, and you're coming back in the dark. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it could easily happen. Yeah, which um, can be cool coming down the dark, but you do need a torch. Yeah. And also, like, for things uh, like the Tupel Refuge, there's no real lights in those bedrooms and things like that. Yeah. So even in the daytime, if you want to kind of get things ready, it's handy to have. Um, but also a lot of them have like the red, the red light. So if you press and hold your head torch, it'll turn into a red light, um, which illuminates where you're going, but doesn't disturb anyone else who's sleeping. It doesn't burn through their eyelids. It's like a very soft light. It is a bit um, soft, isn't it? Yeah. So, good for photographers as well. I actually only learned this last time when I was um, 
I was out in Iceland last year um, uh, with uh, lots of my photography friends, and and they were, um, we were spread out on the beach. We were taking uh, taking pictures of the Northern Lights and, and some of the stars. And I didn't know at this time, um, and it, it seems really simple now, is that also that red torch helps for those photographers as well, because if it's normal light, you can't kind of edit that out. You can edit color. Um, obviously, red's a color, um, and you can edit that out. So if someone is in front of you taking photos, as long as they've got the red on, mm. they can obviously see what they're doing. But you can edit that out. It's quite interesting. Nice. Uh, obviously, if, if anyone is into astrophotography and nighttime photography, it's quite an interesting thing to, to note. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you're a camera nerd. <laughs> Dave Rimmington, not sure about having red lights, Dave. Um, yeah, no, I mean, well, I mean... Uh, depends on the location. <laughs> uh, well, Dave will spend many lonely nights in the mountains or I'll have constant company knocking the door. But, um, wow. yeah, but uh, no, really, really important. Yeah. Another, actually, you know, talking about cameras as well, one of the things we, yeah. we have talked a lot about, people want to bring their, like, it's not enough to have, like, just a camera or use your phone. Yeah. You need to use a camera that's got like a lens like this big. It can photograph the moon. Um, the actual body of the camera is like this big and it weighs yeah. a quarter of a ton. Um, one of the issues is around weight. So yes. getting all that equipment to look like. And um, I was, uh, one of our friends, Tembo, um, he, he met he met a um, one of his fellow, I remember it was on the way back from Kilimanjaro. Yeah. There was the Katamo OGP race, and one of his fellow photographer friends was working there, oh, yeah, and they that. both had the same vest on. Yeah. And I remember saying, like, is this some sort of, like, photographer uniform? And then he informed me that it's a way of getting around, like, weight restrictions on yeah, flights and things. True. You wear one of these vests. They remind me of, like, fisherman vests or something. With yeah, a lot of pockets. pockets. So about 14, um, 15 pockets. Yeah. yeah. And this vest itself can, can weigh, like, a good few kilos. But it's got lots of pockets to put like lenses, cameras, and they're all kind of secure so they're not obvious and things like that. And um, it's a good method as well if you're going like on the look look light and you are carrying cameras and things like that, is to keep them on you and all the heavy lenses and things like that because um, they will add a necessary weight to the bag. Also, these lenses, I imagine, are quite expensive. And you don't be throwing around. Have you seen the baggage um, handlers most times like throwing them bad boys around? So, yeah. It's really interesting and, and yeah with, with regards to weight you know part of it does come into it because you know we don't want our bags to be like you know 30 kilos but we can certainly um you know have a little bit extra um not all the you know we talk about lookla it can be a bit challenging sometimes with weight um so you can get around it that way that being said you know it's um there's always striking a balance you don't want to carry like 20 kilos on you because <laughs> yeah. that would be uh, that would be a bit of a nightmare um Dave, something I know we've, we've written down as well and, and talked about, which is becoming more of a thing now, um, especially on the summits, because I don't know if you've been following uh, the Everest summits this year. Um, obviously, mm. a lot of people on Everest. Unfortunately, a lot of fatalities uh, as well, which is a bit sad. Um, yeah. But that's another thing we could go into, no, not necessarily I, the mountain. It's unnecessary, I think, mm. at this stage. Yeah. Um, there's been a recent article about it that was very interesting that talked about and it actually, I've never seen this type of article before, but it listed out each of the the known people that have sadly passed away on yeah. the mountain and which teams they're with. And they're sitting, it's a controversial yeah. podcast episode. Maybe we'll do it on, you know. Oh, we should. Uh, there's teams. It, yeah, it's just, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really sad. It's really, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not good enough, really. Is it? No, it's not. It's unnecessary. Yeah. But also, one of the big things that we'll, we'll jump from yeah. tech to this is, uh, is the state of Camp 4. I know, I couldn't believe I it. I'm like, you almost want to, and it's hard because 
obviously we're you know as a primarily a trekking company we spend a lot of time base camp where it's actually very clean um it is really frustrating for us to to kind of see higher camps on not being as well maintained yeah and we know that's hard for a lot of the teams but it shouldn't be um and i was watching the other day there, there were teams there cutting out yeah so so that so that yeah I, I honestly what do you take it down there's a correlation i believe between the state of camp four and the amount of people that are sadly dying on the mountain there's a correlation yeah. between there and it's to do with teams not doing everything they can yeah to make the trip as good and as safe as it can be yeah. you know when you're happy just to th throw your trash and forget about it and leave a mess it, it, it says other yeah. things about the way that they run their expedition and I honestly think that like there's a lot of these budget operators out there that are running things on a budget, so they don't have the manpower to do the cleanup, so yeah. they just leave their rubbish. If they haven't got the manpower to pick up an oxygen bottle, do you think they're gonna have the manpower to pick up a human? You know, yeah. and I honestly like there's so many you see all these articles now and famous mountaineers publishing the rescues that they've made from other companies and they're not rescue teams they're doing their own club so they can't save everybody yeah fair news to them. i mean i mean, I mean yeah big shout out is i think ming maji and his team at imagine Paul were really like amazing which is great to see <coughs> excuse me and we don't want this to be like a no, 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 bashing but i think because we were talking about just for the live wasn't it and yeah i think it's on both of our minds it is yeah because Paul is is somewhere that we really care about i've been a staunch defender when people say yeah. oh isn't everest a dump and you get yeah. these armchair experts that haven't been there making these assertions about yeah. the place that are incorrect and i've always been have you been there because it's not that bad yeah, exactly. obviously yeah, yeah. there's evidence of hum humanity there because lots of humans go there every well, year they also live not far away exactly yeah, but i'm sorry but it's it's no worse than any other mountain that i've ever been to and in fact yeah. there is dedicated cleanup teams there however for, you know when we've been doing that for a long time to kind of see what a mess higher up there's no excuse for it really i mean it's you know it's even there, there was videos from sherpas and you can see one of them I saying like, like yeah it's, it's heartbreaking well yeah because it's it is a you know a lot of people say like oh base camp and this the how sacred it is well actually everest itself is the, the sacred entity yeah and i think they think it's a bit disrespectful and i don't blame them yeah but, um, it's, i know we're going off a tangent i think it's important to talk about and as ever trackers we know that you know, if you're on this, if, if, you, if you listen to this as a podcast, or if you're on the live, you know, you, you guys care as well. And, and I think the reason we talk about it is just to just to make people aware of it, I think. Yeah, just, no. You know, it, it's not the way, I mean, I suppose we are slamming some companies, but, you know, we won't say names on here. More than happy to chat about it in private. But certainly for us, like, we're speaking to our teams in the pool and making sure that, you know, whatever would happen, we, we're not getting involved in that, you know, process of leaving rubbish on the mountain you know, we shouldn't run trips if that's the case. You know, yeah. we, we, we care about the environment. No, um, exactly. And I think we, uh, a quick segue into tech. You know, all of these tech things should be used in a sustainable way. I mean, you know, some of the stuff we're using and we're talking about here, you know, lots of it. Um, some of them, like uh, if you're talking about power bank, um, great, perfect. You don't need a lot of batteries. The batteries aren't great. Same with um, head doors. Mm -hmm. You know, if you can get one, get one that is rechargeable. It'll save you a lot of time. You have to, again, use so many batteries. Yeah. Um, and I think the reason we started talking about camps and things like that was the next one, because we talked about GPS trackers. Yeah. Because there's a lot at the moment, especially going the Everest season, that you can track people. Mm -hmm. It's something we're maybe looking to bring in over the next couple of years. 
is that we'll be able to track or uh, track uh, via GPS all of our trips. Yeah. But a lot of people are using them anyway, um, which is great. And, and I suppose, especially if you've got family, you've got kids, um, you know, you've got a husband or a wife that want to keep track of you while you're away. It, you know, obviously from a safety perspective, I'm sure you want, uh, you know, the 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 freedom yeah. um, as well. Uh, but it's nice to know that you're safe. Um, and yeah, something a lot of people are using these days are these trackers. Um, like the, the the big one that we've we've seen out there. What's, what's the make of the? Um, oh, does this slip my tongue? Oh, Jesus Christ! I throw you the deep end now, and I, I, don't, I, I <laughs> literally... GPS trackers. What's the? Um, I'm gonna have to literally. Well, which, which app are we using? No, no, it's not an app. It's equipment. What's called? No, no, no. It's the one they use to track on the mountain. Um, maybe we're not not the same thing. Carry on, Dave. What's some reason? Yeah. Anyway, so um, <laughs> yeah, so we'll talk about uh, yeah, the tracking is really good. Cool. I mean, it'd be really interesting. I think you know, if you if you did have a family member, partner, whatever, go in there and they were able to in reach. That's where it is. The Garmin in reach. There you are. I, I stretched out that sentence as long as I could. <laughs> Um, you knew. I, so Garmin, yeah. I've seen a couple of evidence. Imagine if we just gave one to the, because all you really need is the guide to have. Yeah. Awesome. You know, and you could track them. It'd be interesting, wouldn't it? You'd see them going up, see them, they'd see a plummet. You'd be yeah. like, oh my God, no, it's okay. Just dropped it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that'd be, that'd be really fascinating. Um, I think I'd love to see that, you know, like track. It's something we, I mean, obviously there's, there's cost involved with all of this. And, you know, we, I think over the last couple of years, we've certainly, um, like, obviously we always want to introduce the fun stuff. But we want to balance it with, you know, obviously after coming back from the pandemic, it's been a bit nuts. Um, you know, with our, our Evertrek has been out in the mountains and we've got a lot of ideas we want to bring in, but obviously there's, there's costs associated with everything. Yeah. And we don't want to make our trips kind of unreachable um, from a cost perspective. So we're always trying to balance that out. But if we can, hopefully it's cost effective, find a way that we can track by GPS on all of our trips. Yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose put it out to the community. What, what, what do you guys think of that? Do you think that would be useful? Would you share that with your family, your friends? Um, yeah. I've seen some people do it on an individual basis using things like the Garmin uh, InReach, um, uh, that actual, uh, you can use apps on your phone as well, but mm -hmm. this is actually the tracking on the mountains in remote locations. Uh, would that be useful? Um, you know, I think, it, I think I, I've heard comments before around it that it might be a bit useful. Yeah, I think I'd love it. Um, one other thing, a little bit of tech as well that we would talk about off the back yeah, of, um, you know, the, the mess of Camp 4 and some of the yeah. other things. Um, comments as well, just see, uh, thanks for your comments, guys. And Diane and Andrea and, um, and Bry as well. Um, yeah, thanks, guys. And, and yeah, it's good to see that, you know, the Evertrek guides um, are out there and, you know, and, and it doesn't surprise me that they, they obviously want to look after their mountains, yeah. um, which is great to hear. Thanks for your comments. Um, yeah, so one of the um, is one of these, like, hey, the, that, that's the, good tech. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> these are good tech. It may just look yeah. like a standard water bottle. I've got a filter in there for you to show you it. You can tell by the weight. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, it's like when you hand a soldier a loaded or unloaded weapon. Is that I, is I, I can know, tell. I can know. tell. Okay, I have got one of the filters in my drawers out there. But anyway, you don't need to see it. It's just a bit of plastic. Yeah. Um, but essentially, it's a bit of plastic that sits about here in your water bottle. Yeah. Um, and filters, you know, what would be unsafe drinking water into safe drinking water. And on Apollo Treks, we do provide um, like different filters that filter a lot of water. Yeah. Um, and we're hoping to roll that out on a lot of other treks as well. But in the meantime, what you can do is buy one of these, whether it's an Evertrek one or any other one. Yeah. Um, these are really, really good to have and actually do a lot for avoiding bringing plastics and things like that around yeah, the world. Exactly. Um, there are a few instances where you have to kind of buy 
um, you know, bottled Bottle water. water. Yeah. But the way I look at it is, it's not about perfection. It's about just sort of doing the best you can. Taking one of these. So yeah. uh, we know on um, on the Everest Base Camp trip, there's pretty much one day uh, Gorek ship where you can't buy, you can't filter water. So you have to buy bottled water. Well, that's a, an 11 day trek. If 10 days you're using filtered and then one day you have to buy bottled, that's fine. And hey, if you take the bottle back off with you, you've actually taken something right. away from the mountain as point. opposed to, you know, bringing something with you. So yeah, yeah really, really good. Yeah, nice day. It's important, yeah, not everything is electrical. And when it comes to gadgets, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, water filters are a you know, really important part of, of, of trekking in remote locations. Um, like obviously, like as Dave said, in Nepal, um, all of our trips, they have those water filters and we're rolling that out across all of our trips. Um, you know, we've been working on that. And again, costs involved with all of this, but we're, we're, we're certainly working towards that goal. Um, it's a big goal of ours, um, especially since we, we did the recent crowdfunding yeah. to um, provide all of our teams with water filters. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's the goal we kind of definitely um, you know, push down. Yeah. So, which is is, is you know is, is something we're really really keen to do because yeah, you it's not on all of our trips um, because we you know especially some of the newer ones, uh, especially in South America where the infrastructure isn't there yet. Um, uh, but yeah, you do get normal kind of boiled water, um, which is fine and 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 is used um, on a lot of trips, which. Technically, it is purification, but it's not using actual filters. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of places that you don't need to buy water uh, because it's boiled and it's ready for you already. But there's, in Nepal, this is kind of a country that uses the actual filters as well. Yeah. Which is, is, is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And talking about kind of tech and, and things like that, I suppose, think moving away, moving back into electrics again, because mm -hmm. I know it's a question coming about solar charges. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and I know, and, and we've seen some really useful ones on trips. Especially because at altitude, you know, there is, um, there's a lot of sun. <laughs> you know, the, the UV rays that penetrate, you know, they're quite powerful, actually. Make sure you use sun cream. Um, but they're great for solar chargers. But you, they, there's a big mix out there. Ones yeah. are very good, ones are good. I've tried a couple. Yeah. yeah. One a long, long time ago that was a bit of a budget one that, that didn't really do anything. You had to have it on your back all day and it would like barely charge an old phone. And then there are other ones that claim to be a lot more powerful, but I think they are. A, it's a good bit of general kit to have if yeah. you're into a lot of camping and outdoors. In you can leave it out all day and maybe get some power out of it. But I think for a trek, yeah. I've personally not used them. One because this is that, that does use do, does exactly yeah, yeah. that, yeah. Um, and I can bring my electricity from home. Um, but and also you know you you do. Although there's a lot of like really power, the, the UV is really powerful at altitude. Yeah. Occasionally, it has been known to cloud over. You know, um, particularly on Kilimanjaro. Especially you recently. Know, <laughs> yeah, particularly recently. Yeah. You know, you're like, so if it clouds over, then, and that's what you're relying on, then, yeah. you know, there's an issue with, okay, no, I don't have it. Yeah. You know, so I've saw loads of people walking with them, like dangling off their rucksacks and things like that. Yeah. And, uh, I would just be so annoyed, like if someone just walked up too close to me. Like, hey, get your shadow off my back, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So like, it's quite funny. Isn't yeah, it? they, so still, they still charge in the, in the shadows. Like, it's quite, um, uh, it's quite interesting. And there, there's a lot out there. Like you can go, like even a quick kind of search on Amazon or Google um, for solar chargers, and you know you can get some for like 30, 40 pounds, mm. and you can get some for almost like a grand. Um, and having used, I'd say. I spent about 200 pounds. I used one, what was it? The end of 2018. Yeah. Uh, and it was an anchor and um, solar power, uh, solar charge. Did work, 
but it took ages. And I know technology moves quick. There's a lot better ones now. Yeah. But I think you've got to spend decent money to have a decent charger. Um, you do, yeah. Like they're expensive. Although if you wait yeah. for Prime Day, you often get a good deal on Amazon. Ah, good old Prime Day. Um, that's why I bought mine. Yeah, yeah. But this is about a hundred pounds, I think. Yeah. Um, 80 to 100. Um, I think someone asked what model it was. Um, if you just Google like anchor power banks, um, it's basically just an anchor power bank, and the model is basically how much capacity this has. Yeah, and I think this is 26,800, 26,800, which I think refers to the amp hour. That's the size of it, isn't it? That's yeah. the size of it, yeah. So that's that's quite a big capacity. 26,800 is a lot. Yeah. Um, so anything around there is gonna is gonna charge your phone multiple times. Yeah. Um, I tend to get at least one or two of these bigger capacity ones, to take with you. just to take with me on it. And pretty much any trip, I'll take these. Um, yeah, they're really good. But it doesn't have to be Anchor. Yeah. Um, other makes are available. I've been you know plugging these for years now and never had a free one so uh, uh as a result i've uh i recently What's bought the same with main we talk about main boots and so many times sick of them sick of it but no they're, they're, <laughs> both, both those things are amazing by the way um but rav power i bought a rav power one recently yeah, they're really good. which has yeah. got a usb-c connector yeah and it's much cheaper than the amazon one nice. than the anchor one and it still charges pretty much the same amount i just don't know how reliable it's going to be because i've had these seven eight years and they still hold a charge the um i'm uh, just flipping between it as well they're uh, talking about apps and things like that because i know we're talking about hardware yeah let's talk a bit about apps because mm. i know we use uh, you know there's many different ones i know we talk about tracking i think um dave uh, rimmington there mentioned Relim, which is a really good app if you want to kind of upload data and add some pictures and a cool little video mm -hmm. it's been around a number of years now but still still a classic um and obviously if you've you, if you've been around the Evertrack community for a while, you would have heard about Fat Maps. Um, so we thought we'd give them a little bit of a chat today because Fat Maps is was actually bought by Strava. So you'll you'll see it around a bit more now um, because it's becoming part of the the kind of Strava um, kind of ecosystem of products. Mm. So you'll be able to see that and then you'll be able to view the, the kind of 3D maps, similar to Relive, but there's a few more kind of features that you can use on Fat Maps. I think one thing I like about Fat Maps is certainly if you go to if you Especially in the UK, if you're looking for routes that you haven't done before, obviously you've got the old, you can, you can research on the internet, or you can go into um, Fat Maps, uh, type in the activities so of choose hiking in a certain region. It comes up with routes that have already been tracked in that region. Now, not a lot of apps do this, but because it's in 3D, you can kind of get a bit of a, a vibe of what type of route you're going to be doing. Is it ridge walk? Is it you know going through a valley or a glen? You know, is it is it kind of um, what sort of level of difficulty, what sort of distance, really good for training. Yeah. Um, obviously, the link up to Garmin watches. Typically, we're on talking about tech. This ran out about an hour before. Unbelievable. <laughs> well, luckily, mine we still charged. We can tell the time. <laughs> yeah, so th this lives on my wrist now. It's my yeah. only watch that I actually Which one wear. is that? This is the, uh, I always Six. call it Phoenix, but I believe it's just Phoenix. Okay. Phoenix. Yeah phoenix 6x pro solar yeah so really really good it does a lot of like um i, I reason i had a sunto before this and the reason yeah. i switched this just had so much more <coughs> so the altitude i think was more reliable and easily calibrated yeah. um it's got your pulse um and your oxygen level which yeah. you know i i guess is not going to be 100 percent accurate but it's accurate to within it's useful a couple of points yeah Three or four, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, a very strong way. indicator. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's really, really good. And yeah, the re they are expensive, but 
you don't have to buy the seven <coughs> this one now when it was new was about 800 pound but it's actually a lot cheaper now and i still yeah. use it it's brilliant i don't think i'll replace it until it breaks and i think they're good as well if um so i'm just reading some of the comments then what was that hey georgie how you doing yeah it has been a while where you been um you could tell we talk about tech drew you in yeah um yeah but hope all is well um but yeah chatting about the watches there are loads out there like sunto also you know really good um you know kind of watch obviously you know we, we do get some um you know some partnership discounts through garmin uh, it's always nice to talk about our partners but you know in terms of usability there's a lot of different watches out there yeah um you know depending on your budget and um you know what you want to do i mean i've got kind of the one up from that there's a bit of a treat because I, I think i had the old um well remember the sunto ambits they were brilliant yeah i, I had actually an ambit. bought a garmin fedex 5 yeah. which lasted for years um great in the mountains but yeah your know, tech does move on a little bit not, not amazingly so watches more like small tweaks yeah well between like the five and the seven like the three you got the maps you've got navigation you can upload stuff to it um you know even this is my first touchscreen one what's weird on here is when i scroll down see i got so yeah. just under the, i got solar intensity we should be able to see dave's watch here yeah <laughs> you can't really you can't, you can't, you can't really, really see it, see it but, but okay. weather when it's gonna sunrise and sunset very handy for trekking for planning, this one yeah, for um yeah. then i've got my compass then i've got yeah. my training status it says i'm in recovery that's nice you mountain biking have you i have yeah nice. then my steps my health stats yeah um what's my heart rate 62 at the minute it's pretty chilled yes well i need to get you worked up dave yeah you, you can't, you can't. <laughs> we're too relaxed you can't you can't work me up now you can't work you up nice um right moving on because i know we've got about 25 minutes we've got a few more things to cover around here. yep sleep sleep at altitude mm. massively important some tech for sleep dave earplugs <laughs> or headphones earplugs they're, they're high yeah. tech uh i always uh, i've got my apples no they're not i've got my AirPods, which are really good they're not great to sleep in but i guarantee you it's better than not having them and listening to your mate snore all night <laughs> yeah it is and some <laughs> and um we do say that like uh, when you're in the tea houses or in a tent um those walls are kind of only imaginary um sound is like will pass straight through them into your ears and keep you up all night drives yeah. you insane I don't go anywhere with it. I mean, you know, nine times out of ten, if we're on a long car journey, I'm like, right, I'm in a few hours. Put the headphones in. Yeah, I, I, I put um, mine, mine on too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it, it really does stop the. Yeah. It, it stops frustration really when you're trying to sleep, and yeah. you'll you'll start to hate the person sleeping in the room. But I think we've spent so many nights there. You're you didn't normally. I'm, you're, a, I'm a deep sleeper. It doesn't matter to me. I, I don't yeah. need too much tech to. Well, we've anyway. shared tents and stuff and you were like yeah you snored a bit last night but it doesn't seem to bother you you just sleep through it well i say who's um I'm, pratesh i've been told i snore so who's who are the snorers out there then let's do it let's do it i've been told i the, snore just you, you do snore definitely <laughs> yeah uh, and he's like i don't want any question no about that denying that dave um but who are the other the yaks out there who, who, are, the, who are the other snorers um of our ever tracker community It'd be interesting um and then It'd be quite key actually because i'm sure there'd be a list of snorers and other people that go in they're on my track oh no best move my date <laughs> no but um yeah it'd be interesting to find out who's the snorer yeah. who's not i i, I kind of get uh, feeling that bry would be a snorer georgia said how do you stop your headphones dropping out at night um you can't um georgia and they do and how many times me and you end up we'd be like right okay where's it but you know you have to yeah, find especially because the uh the apple ones are white on and if you've got white bedding they're uh they're quite they're quite hard yeah. to find um but you know it's 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 part of the part of the journey here I we know. go 
So we got Stuart Taylor, Stuart Corliss. My fellow snorers. I, I, I could guess that you were snorer. Uh, Mike, known after a few drinks. Yeah, I think a lot of people do. Dave Rimington. Snore my hoop off. Of course he Hoop. <laughs> my hoop off. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't quite I used know. that turn of phrase, mate, but that's. Uh, I'm going to remember that one. i tell you yeah. what was funny, though, talking about the headphones. I remember one time in Andorra, you yeah. were listening to your music and you forgot and got in the shower. Oh, yeah, that, that, was, that to was them. almost and, disastrous. And you lost one for a few days and it was found in the bottom of your sleeping bag. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. A lot of things can be found in the bottom of the sleeping bag, especially on a trek. Because uh, if, uh, if we're talking about tech, a bit of a low-tech version of uh, heating your clothes is um, the night before, you put all of your socks and your mm -hmm. clothing in the bottom of your sleeping bag and when you wake up, they're nice and warm. Nice and toasty warm. Ready to put on. Exactly. Um, I've got a couple of things as well I thought okay, I'd mention yeah, yeah. about. Um, one of them is uh, pen knives. You don't need them. Um, <laughs> like, I'm, 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 I'm proud of the detail of that one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I, I think I bring it like I, I, I bring one. It's in my bag all the time. I think that. So don't, don't bring it. Out of the thousands of treks I've ever done, I think I've used my pen knife maybe twice. Okay, what would you bring? What, uh, what is it in place of my pen knife? That was on your list. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> I tell you what I would bring. Nail what, about what about contact? What about, um, uh, for instance, I know earlier we talked about keeping track of people. Mm. SIM cards and Wi-Fi cards. Yeah, that's on there. Wi-Fi cards okay. and stuff like that. Nice. One of the things is you can get local SIM cards that really yep. help to stay in touch. They're probably the most reliable yep. because you'll pick up signal whenever there is signal like the locals can. Um, or you can buy like Wi-Fi cards. They yeah. just give you access to a shared Wi-Fi network. That's probably that's the only way. I've never got a SIM card. Yeah, and that's especially in the Everest region um, because you've got the Everest link. There are some places, you know, obviously a lot of our trips are more remote and you won't have that opportunity. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's where you are. But on the, in the Everest region um, and the Annapurna region, there are some Wi-Fi that will be, become um, available. Yep. Awesome. Um, do you want to answer some cues? Yeah, got the yeah, time? I know. I, I feel like, yeah, any, any questions around tech as well? I know we've got several already in. I'm just reading here. Do, do yeah. fire them in so we can we can get them. Um, um, go ahead, Dave, go on. Uh, so Pratesh, uh, Pratesh asked a second hey, question. Yeah. Um, do you have to pay for water? Would it yeah. be ideal to carry a water filter or bladder bag? Um, so no, not you don't have to pay for the water, um, but always bring a water bladder with you. That's the best way to carry your water whilst you're trekking. Yeah. Um, I always have a bottle as well. So generally speaking, this will just yeah. sit empty in my rucksack. But if I do need it, if I run out of water in my water bladder and I need it, I can fill up from a stream and use that quite easily. Um, yeah, it's a big help. <laughs> I think the one thing with your water bladder is make sure that it doesn't have like a hole in it. Because um, sometimes you fill up your water and then right at the beginning of the trek, you'll lose like a liter and a half out of the bottom of your bag. Will you? Yeah, remember? <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it has been known um, overuse of water bladders does make them leak. Your bags leak like no like, one else has ever, ever known. It's crazy. It's like, like, it's because historically that was a couple of treks. I think I did base camp three times within a six month period. And um, I used the same water bladder. I, was, I refused to get a new one, but it, it leaked a lot. It leaked and, on Jen. It did. When you borrowed her bag. <laughs> honest to God, it's madness. Like, the amount of times I've seen you pick up a bag and go, oh, no, it's what I'm like. Yeah. I know. Standard. Um, just, just half the course. Really. Yeah. Half the course. Um, what's the next question? Uh, next one um, is... Uh, oh, Michael. How are you doing, Michael? Yeah. Michael Perryman. Hope all is well. Um, Good question. He says, hi, all. Coming yeah. with you next year for EBC and Island Peak. I have seen these back... Oh, sorry. Skip. Backpack solar panels. Have you seen them and are they any good? I suppose, yeah. I mean, we've covered off a little bit about it, and, and yeah, we 
around solar panels. Hopefully that's answered your question, but <clears throat> specifically, yeah, I mean, I've used one on, on my back before. Um, it does take a long time, like literally, you know, you're talking 20 hours of sunlight to actually work. Mm -hmm. um, and I do, I do feel just the, the kind of money to energy ratio. Um, power banks tend to work better for me. Yeah. I mean, you know, not saying that there are power banks out there that don't work because they do like people, you know, we go back to the Everest um, summit um, and people who spend a lot of time at the base camp there, um, they work perfectly because they're there for like six to eight weeks, mm -hmm. um, you know, and at the camps they do help. <clears throat> so certainly if we're going for weight to power ratio, I think, power, um, you know, power banks are heavy. Um, certainly if you've got a couple of those that power your trip for a couple of weeks, especially yeah. remote locations or you're camping, um, then yeah, solar chargers could work better. But just do your research, because there's a lot out there. Um, it'd be interesting if any ever trackers have used specific ones. It'd be, you know, I, I've used Anchor um, charge, uh, solar chargers before. Um, they tend to be the best or RAV power, like you said. Yep. Um, if there's any others out there that people have used and gone, oh, actually, they, that's worked really well. Yeah, it'd be interesting to hear that. Um, obviously, because we, we, I haven't used them for a while because I tend to lean towards yep. um, power. Awesome. Uh, Pratesh has asked, yeah. can we take and use a drone in the Himalayas? Uh, no, we're not allowed, unfortunately. No. Um, so you need like a permit to fly a drone in the Himalaya, and yeah. it's very expensive and almost always denied. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of good safety reasons why you don't want them flying. There's a lot of helicopters zipping back and forth. You might not hear yeah. them if it's a bit windy. You might not see them if it's a bit cloudy. <laughs> And if you shoot your drone, uh, your drone up, it can it can cause a big problem. Yeah. Another thing is if you go into Morocco and they see you with a drone at the airport, they'll take it off you. Yeah, exactly. Um, they're, really, they're really strict. So strict. A lot in of Morocco. countries are. Machu Picchu, it was the same. And fortunately, um, on the Tomakea route, um, you are allowed to use the drone. But as soon as you get to the where you where you get, um, it's, the, it's called the Inca Trail. Um, you're not allowed then. Um, but the first two days of the trek, you are actually allowed on Machu Picchu. Yeah, Kili, you're not allowed. Tukal, 100% not allowed. Yeah, Morocco, they got big signs on the airport. Yeah, around drones. Um, I think it's like anti-terrorism stuff. Um, yeah, and it's frustrating, isn't it? Because drones and the use of drones becoming more mainstream. Yeah, definitely. Uh, more reachable, and especially some of the like the DJI um, um, Mavic Mini. Um, I've got um, one of those, um, the Mini Two. I'm the Mini Three now. Um, they they're really good. Uh, places you can use them, like Iceland. You know, a lot of places in Europe you can. But yeah, um, you, you, you've got to apply to use it in the Himalayas. Most of the time, you know, it, it will cost, you're talking thousands of pounds to get the permit, um, or if you're doing it on a commercial standpoint. Because we've, we've all seen like uh, NIMS, uh, you know, a lot of um, companies use them out there. It's because they've got the commercial permits or they even know someone in the government, um, who you know type thing. Um, other than that, you're not allowed them out there anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a shame because you would get some cool footage down. Amazing. Mm. Good question, though. Um, yeah, I'm going to pick some of these questions up as well. Uh, who is it? I think we got Kate. I think you might have already answered this one. Uh, Kate uh, Salayeva. Uh, could you text the model of his power bank on the chat, please? Yeah, talk, check that on the chat, thing. I think it was the, yeah. the 26800. Yeah, that's it. So. And then, Dave, I think it's one for you from Kate as well, which is a really good question around knee supports. Um, oh, wait, knee supports. Yeah. Um, there it is. No, so you mentioned once uh, the good knee holder yeah. used, especially in the descents. Same situation as me, no issues while ascending, but descending is painful sometimes. 
yeah, no, I, I hate going downhill now. It's weird. I when I was a lot younger, yeah. so I loved the downhills because it just felt so good. Yeah. Now I hate it. I'd go up the any day. Yeah, the active 650 neoprene um, knee support is the one I use. Yeah. Um, I think it's about 20 pounds, 25. Yeah. Um, it's just a neoprene like wetsuit kind of material, but it doesn't slip. A lot of, um, you know, I sweat quite a lot. So this is how I ended up with about 50 different knee supports. Um, funny enough, me and uh, Mitch Spud were talking about how you just get a collection of them trying to figure out which ones work. Spud is on the live, by the way. Oh, is he? Oh, <laughs> Sir Edmund Spuddery. Yeah, he's um, fun. How you doing, mate? Yeah. He's still listening. This, uh, the neoprene one that I've got, the um, Active 650, it's really, really good. doesn't slip. It's not like a mega supportive because I've got one that's like a metal cage, but not strictly necessary or very usable. This one just holds everything nice and tight. Um, and you know, on the way down, so it just gives you that extra bit of like support, so it yeah. doesn't, um, yeah, just helps a little bit. Um, they're really good, and I've used them for like hiking, skiing, mountain yeah. biking. Um, you know, I was gonna say running, but I've been a lie. Um, haven't done any running, no, no, I don't run anymore. I'm sick of it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and your, your knees, mate, your knees, definitely. yeah, it doesn't work anymore. Um, I, I'm gonna bring this in from Bry as well because I think it might be. Might seem simple, but I've, I've I've heard of this and I've seen this. There are some bags now, um, certainly Osprey, cottoned onto it, and they've built actually the um, like as Bryce put it, I put pipe lagging around the tube of the bladder to stop pipe freezing, um, which is a good point because it nearly always does. If you ever got a water bladder and you climb Calipatar, if you've if you've been on Tubcal, um, Killy, Everest Base Camp, yeah, those those tubes do freeze, and yeah. it's, it's a good point if you if you do pipe lagging around it would work but a lot of bags do some of them some of the, the high-end ones now they do have a bit of an insulation my my ski ski bag does yeah well really I, good. i've seen osprey do a bladder now that's the actual bladder itself is insulated in a reflective oh, really? sleeve so oh, it nice. holds temperature in there Interesting. and then it's got like the silver so it basically it just goes around the tube all Insulated. the way down so it's the whole whole unit is really good nice yeah, tell you what else I saw as well. Talking about Osprey bladders, yeah. is um, you can get a, I think it's a life straw, yeah, that actually connects on the tube. I've seen that. Yeah. yeah so as, as you're drinking, it yeah, goes yeah. it goes through the filter, so you could just fill up your whole bladder. Like you're gonna have three, to bench test it. Yeah, so you could fill like mm. three liters of water lost. in your bladder and then drink it through the yeah. through the thing. Very very interesting. Okay. We'll have a little look. Um, Michael uh, Michael Perryman again. Hey Michael. Um, can you buy sweets in the overnight lodges? Um, some of them do, yeah. As you get, so if we talk about the Everest region, um, there are a lot of um, obviously the villages that you're traveling through do have shops. As you get higher, um, you know those shops become few and far between, especially from Dingboche onwards. Um, you know there is like a bakery in Loguche, which I would say is your last store. Um, but most of the lodges and tea houses do sell them privately. They just get more expensive as you go up. Yeah. So. Excuse me, I would buy them probably lower down. They're probably mm -hmm. about half the price they are. Um, obviously, yeah, you've got to take them. Or you could buy them here uh, in the UK. Um, obviously, it does add up to the baggage. Or you could buy them in Namche. They tend to be pretty cheap there. Yeah. Uh, because there's, there's a lot of them, so they're a little bit, um, uh, you know, a little bit, a little bit cheaper. And you, end, you often get some strange um, little treats as well if you go into Namche. Yeah. Me and John were there once looking for snacks, and uh, I found wasabi-coated cuttlefish. Wow. Didn't buy them. Where was this? In Namche. In Namche. And wow. hygienic meat. <laughs> Clean, was it? It was a, I think it was jerky. 
Okay. And weirdly, yeah. it put me off. Hygienic. If if you have to, if that's not a description of meat you want to eat. Right? That, that's what. Well, <laughs> you you think it, it it is, and it also isn't. Yeah. I don't want to have to be told that the meat I'm buying to eat is hygienic. I know. <laughs> you know, if um, you do, it just makes me well suspicious. Yeah. So yeah, me and John were both like, do we get the hygienic meat and wasabi coated cuttlefish? I would go for hygienic. Just give it a whirl. Yeah, I I, I do regret the wasabi coated cuttlefish. Because I reckon they were, it's, it was like a whole cuttlefish just dipped in wasabi. Yeah. It was like little, little like balls of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think um, Diane's put on there as well, just around no vegan snacks though. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's, it, it is a bit limited in the mountains, um, especially in the Everest Base Camp trek, in terms of what's available. Um, yeah. There's, there's the classics like Snickers bars, Mars, Oreos. Or vegan. Are they? Yeah. Oh, right. I didn't. Yeah. They are somewhere, aren't they? If they are. Diane will know. If anyone knows, Diane knows. I'm going, I'm going with it. I'm, <laughs> Oreos I, I, I'm going Diane? with it. I'm going with it. A vegan told me that Oreos are vegan. Okay. Unless he was lying to me because he wanted Oreos. There we go. If you like Oreos. Um, well, yeah. bit of a, check that first. Um, but yeah, there are um, limited snacks up there. So something we do say um, around if you go to high altitude, and you know, not talk about Everest, just Everest, you know, talk about Kili, Tupacal, mm-hmm. you know, Island Peak, Mara Peak, Aconcag, wherever you're going, do take your own snacks as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I always find just from a mental positivity standpoint, it's good to have something from home sometimes. That little bit of a treat, yeah. and even if that's a snack. And uh, sometimes I do take, um, uh, for me, I take some Kendall mint cake, or I take some Haribo, or I take something that... Jelly babies. Yeah, just something that'll perk me up if I'm feeling a little bit down. Hygienic meat. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna search to see if we can find any hygienic meat. I think it was like a jerky. But yeah, hygienic okay. meat. Um Dave Rimington as well. Uh, give a good shout out to Evertrek, speak of the Bushcraft show at the weekend. Nice. Leah's Everest managed to get several people to enter the Killy competition. Ah, thanks Dave. Always good, mate. And I hope it went well for Leah. Um I know talking about those things can be a little bit uh, nerve-wracking, but um yeah, I hope she hope she did did okay and thanks for thanks for talking about us, mate. It's always um always good to hear. Yeah. Um, uh, people talk about heavy track. Uh, so thanks very much. Oreos aren't vegan. Really? But they're just not gluten-free. Ah. So it's not like a catch-all snack. Yeah. I was, yeah, it's yeah especially just, just, just the vegans. Just the vegans. Just the vegans. Uh, Mike Wilkinson, if I borrow a sleeping bag, is it best to bring a liner? Yeah. Yes, it is, Mike. Um, question, I, Mike. I think the sleeping bags, you know, you don't run them through the washing machine or anything like that. You try, yeah. you try and keep them as clean as possible, but someone else has used it before you. Um, if, it's, if you borrow it as it's close to the end of its life, yeah. Certainly, a liner will help uh, you them. relax. Yeah, and I've never used one. I've used quite a lot. There's, there's many different liners out there. You've got silk liners. Um, you've got other materials. Um, obviously, depending on the price. But yeah, it does give you that bit of um, that kind of separation between you and something that you're hiring. Because as Dave said, you know these are cleaned, but you know they're not all of the same quality. They're, they're mm. broad range because they're higher, higher equipment. Um, so yeah, uh, it's something you know, like a liner, just gives you a little bit. It does have hygienic meat. Doesn't talk about hygiene. Doesn't make you feel a little bit cleaner, even though you're in the mountains. <laughs> no, I'm not talking. About <laughs> I wonder where you were gonna go. I wasn't going there. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So um, hygienic meat. I got. I got to. I just got to stop. I can't get out of your mind now. <laughs> no, I'm just. I'm just trying to be professional and not, <laughs> and not say the. We never funny, get, was it? 
professionalism the other way. Yeah, no, I had a really good joke there about hygienic meat and you sleeping bags, but, but it's, I'm not going to do it. It's sports yet, but it's still. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. You know, I'm going to be the bigger man. I'm going to be the bigger man. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, also, they add a lot of warmth as well, don't they? So particularly the silk yeah, yeah. ones and things like that. So if you want to use one, I'm still thinking about it. If you uh, if you want to use one, it makes a big difference in terms of uh, if you if you run cold. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, George makes a good point as well. Uh, George Parkin, I'm sure the Soyuz water filter fits in line as well. Yeah, because I think you talked about the filter that fits onto the um, the bladder. Mm -hmm. uh, the Soya ones also fit onto them as well. Yeah, you just but, squeeze it on. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really good, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and it's good to, to hear other trekkers kind of trialing this stuff because, you know, obviously we stuff we use stuff in the mountains all the time, but it's good to see these things that get released because it, technology moves on all the time. Yeah. Um, and you know, is is always interesting. I'm just reading some of the other comments as well. Um, Amy Thickston, how are you doing? Um, aptly named Trek Protein Bars, gluten free and vegan friendly. Yeah, they are. They're actually. my favourites. They're good. They're they really good. The, the Trek Protein Bar is actually my favourite. And Ron Seal, isn't it? Does what yeah. it says on the tin. They do like Trek. a. I think there's kind of like a red berry or a mixed berry one. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're my they're my absolute favourite. There, they're really tasty as well. They like, are good. A lot of those energy slash protein bars. As soon as you take a bite out of them, yeah, and it's like it's like eating bits of dried puzzle pieces. But like, <laughs> wow. they, but these uh, they're, they're actually not not yeah. not too bad. Brilliant. Uh, you won't find them in Namchi, certainly not. But no. that's a bring with you item. Right? Yeah, there's there's lots of bring with you ones and. Well, what's on the subject then? I know we've seen that. Andrew there, Jelly Babies, um, you know, maybe Trek Bars. Um, I know what Diane's answer would be to this one. Uh, having trekked with her a few times. Um, Walter Worms. Walter Worms. What what snacks would you bring? Uh, you know, I know we've moved away from Keck, but we've been coming on to snacks now. Typically, we always get onto other things, don't we? Um, because, they, you... because this takes place at lunch. That's true. We don't eat lunch before down, we do this. <laughs> no, same year, same year. Um, hundred uh, percent. Dave Rimmington needs some Evertrek energy bars. That is, that's a good one. Yeah. The um, uh, Dextrose tablets really good. I always have some of them. They're really good. Yeah. If you're having a dip. Yeah. If no. You're having a really dip, good. I used. I remember once trekking back from Everest Base Camp, and we were uh, descending um, with. I think this was yeah, back in April 2019. I remember the the American team were there with yeah, us as well. Yeah. They, they they stayed at base camp, and um, literally, yeah, it was quite. It was a hot day. I think it was just a long way. Wanted to get back to Namche, you know, to chill and have a beer, celebrate after reaching Everest Base Camp. Um, so I had one of those energy gels. Mm. And then for some reason, I remember Max and Tom were on the way. They were probably a half hour ahead of me. Mm -hmm. I thought, a couple of friends um, and Evertrackers as well. Um, I thought, right, I'm going to jog, catch them up. And I've never run at altitude. But that energy gel, I, I ran at altitude. Yeah. And it actually felt all right, obviously, from the climate side. And I caught up with it. No, I remember it, yeah. As I got to Namche, massive downpour never seen rain like it and the water was literally like like rivers flowing through namche yeah absolutely unbelievable yeah i was hours oh, behind ah you were that far behind i remember you came yeah. in you were drenched i was an hour behind was it no it wasn't it was more like half hour yeah it was but uh, that was the, that was the great shingle trip that's right so yeah. i was literally you were suffering at, with that, shingles. at that point trekking with shingles just mm. i literally yeah, highly recommend it. honestly <laughs> you know if, if that happened again i'd sack off any trip I would not do it again. It you was battled on, didn't you? Fair news. Did it, you know? But then I thought, because I thought, like, oh, I just really enjoy, it. and I did. I loved it. But yeah. it was the, it was the coming back. Was just the energy was just so low. Chopper club, mate. Chopper club, mate. That's <laughs> what you got to do, mate. Chopper club is the not best. Always. Um, anyway, right. I know we've, we've chatted about loads of loads of different things today. Obviously, we started out about tech. Um, but Dave, uh, summarize. Um, yeah, I think for me, it's all about you know, like you said, lights. 
what we said at the beginning um you know it's about choice for me you know yeah. i like to be able to stay connected i like to choose to not be connected i like to record my trips and i like to be able to look back on some of the memories that i've had yeah, yeah. that's not just photographs sometimes that's looking back on strava and um, it's also very useful yeah. because we get a lot of questions and i know everybody does like oh what was the hardest day how far did you walk each day yeah. and you know some people they, they love data so having that there is really handy yeah. to share with your friends share with customers if you like myself and um yeah tech gives you choice and i like choice yeah i like that yeah tech gives you choice and it's true you know there's so many gadgets gizmos there's, there's loads of different stuff out there you don't need them um but they can assist you in in, in useful ways yeah um so. like you said they capture mem memories providing a bit more overview you know if, if, especially around like the navigation side of it and visualization of where you're going to go especially on your training trips you know like if you're out in the mountains and um, as we mentioned now, um, uh, Spud, who was on the live, he's been uh, um, out hiking this 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 weekend, uh, and I'm sure, and I know he, he he uses a lot of Garmin tools. He likes to see it on Strava, I know, because I give him kudos. Uh, <laughs> um, and it's nice to kind of look back on, and you can track what you've done and mm -hmm. and your training. Um, you know, we know that you know it was not on Strava, didn't happen. We know, you know, obviously you can do stuff. Not it's not on Strava. Yeah, it just didn't happen. <laughs> Um, but it's nice to look back on a track and, uh, and, and and look at, especially if if you're trying to beat some of your your PBs, you know, and not that you need to go fast in the mountains, especially your altitude. But it's it is really really useful uh, and insightful. Yep, awesome. Um, but no, it's been good. Uh, one last question, Mike. Uh, I'm on EBC uh, in September. How do I get to know who else is on this? Yeah, Mike, just drop us um, a little message. Um, we can kind of. Give you an overview is on there but obviously we can't give it details but you know the best thing mike um that we find for groups is that you can actually if you post in the the high altitude facebook group um obviously you're on facebook here mm -hmm. uh, post that you're going on that day you want to want to kind of meet who's on there um or you might come on one of our training weekends because uh, we still got some spaces on the august and october training weekends yeah um there's only a couple of places left i believe on the august one um, yeah, um, Vicky, if you could post a link on the, uh, the live, just so we get that in there. Um, yeah, jump on there because you might meet other Evertrekkers on your group as well. Um, you know, we normally have about sort of, 20 people on that. Um, but I, I, I post it in the group because you're yeah. getting lots of people say, yeah, I'm going. You might be able to meet up with them before. We've had loads of Evertrekkers do this. Friendships, even relationships are started from marriage. From, yeah, that's right. One of our Evertrekkers. Met on a training weekend. Met on a training Went on a trek together. Married when they got back. Absolutely awesome. Not saying that's going to happen, Mike, but you know, yeah, yeah. You, you never know. <laughs> you might already be married, um, but no, no, just just how it, it, it can happen. Um, but yeah, it's always good, and uh, obviously, we'd love to give you all that information. But these days, we, we've got to be a little bit secure with telling who's on what trips. Um, unfortunately, uh, GDPR and, and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, if you do that, you can you can find it out yourself. It's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Mike. I want to finish on that one. Um, right. I hope it's been useful today. Um, I know we're doing our little kind of weird um, setup dave you've got who's that again this is pickle rick pickle rick so is that like your avatar for today pretty much yeah and i'm this is the way mando i'll be mando who's got who's always that's positive nod. no no that's the negative one you know, always have the negative positive nod. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> anyway thanks for joining us um i hope it's been useful uh i know we chat about many different things not just tech um but yeah we'll be back next week and uh, have an awesome week wherever you have to awesome Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. See ya.